0: Well, two words repeated by Jerome Powell in his second day of testimonies, and he repeated the words, unconditional commitment to taming inflation. We'll just look at how unconditional that commitment is today. But maybe the job is already done for him. Data is certainly softer in the US and in Europe. That's pushing up fears of a recession. But, of course, you can't tame inflation without seeing weaker numbers. And Philip Lowe talking in Zurich today. It's Friday, the 24th of June, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, big movements in the bond markets this morning. Ten-year Treasury yields are down six basis points. Not much movement at the front end of the uh, of the curve, though, but the moves have really been in Europe. Ten-year German bond yields down 21 basis points, the same in France, down 18 basis points in the UK, similar numbers across Europe, and closer to home, 17 basis points down in New Zealand for 10 years, uh, 13 down for 10 years in Australia, down to 3.85%. The US share market is mixed. The Nasdaq is up 1.6% at close, but the Dow and the S&P 500 down for most of the session, but came back up just before close, which is the exact opposite of what happened yesterday. So we finished with the S&P uh, up 1%. The Dow has gained 0.6%, but falls again in uh, Europe. The DAX is down 1.8%. Uh, since its most recent high on the 6th of June, it's down almost 12%, almost 20% since the start of the year. And the FTSE 100 down almost 1% today as well. The US dollar is back on the rise, just a little bit up 0.1% this morning on the DXY. We've seen a Another reasonable-sized fall in the Aussie dollar, down 0.7% or so earlier. It's retraced some of that? Uh, it's a little under 0.4% down now, just over 69 US cents. The euro is down 0.4%. The pound is pretty flat. The Japanese yen almost 1% up today. And oil is falling 1.8% off Brent, below $110 now, 2.1% off WTI. So that is... Good news if you want to see inflation down. It's Ken Crompton from NAB in Sydney on the morning call today. Uh, Welcome, Ken. I guess the surprise this morning seems to be that uh, U.S. equities are holding up. Everything else seems to be, particularly the bond markets, reflecting inflation fears. And uh, not surprisingly, we had another night of soft data from the United States and from Europe.
1: No, certainly bond yields quite weak across the board, I mean particularly led by Europe. Um, the major factor there has been some very weak PMI PMI data coming out of Europe. I guess we can talk about that in a bit more detail later. I mean the moves in equities have been been interesting. I mean US equities, I guess you could arguably continue to look for the positive in in the news in that if the if rate if rate hike expectations do come off then um, particularly those interest rate sensitive um, sort of profitless tech um, shares, as they're called, that make up a good chunk of the NASDAQ, that that, that's a benefit for them, Um, whether that's whether those factors in the long run can can outweigh the economic outlook that uh, the rates are implying, I I guess, remains to be seen. But certainly... Yeah,
0: I mean, you've got to admire their optimism, haven't you? I mean, they get knocked down, then they get back up again, and they'll get knocked down again, of course. But let's have a look at what's happening in the bond markets, because that is interesting today, this big difference between what's happening in uh, the US and what's happening in Europe. And yes, the news was bad in Europe. But let me tell you, it wasn't great in the United States either, was it? We had the Manufacturing PMI came down from 57 to 52.4. Services from 53.4 to 51.6. They are actually both less than the UK, which managed to hold their services at 53.4. And uh, the same for manufacturing as well at 53.4. Then we had the Kansas Fed Manufacturing Index. That's fallen from 19 to minus one in a month. We had the four-week average jobless claims rising uh you know all of this is an expect in an environment where the expectation is we're going to get three percent growth in gdp this year i mean it looks like you have to take that with a well i'd say i'd take it with a pinch of salt but my doctor's told me to stay away from salt he's also told me to stay away from gdp forecasts. quite rightly i think uh but look you know we've got softer d- uh, data and uh, and more fears of a of a recession they seem to be heightening by by the day uh I wonder if those numbers could be any worse. And yet, you know, we're seeing a stronger reaction in Europe than we are in the United States today, it seems.
1: Well, yeah, I think. yeah, you, you've had the Fed being much more aggressive, much more earlier than than, than we saw coming out of the ECB. I mean, the Jerome Powell has really sort of mm. took took a pretty aggressive hawkish tilt, probably as early as sort of October, November last year. Um, we've seen a seventy five point hike now delivered. So the Fed is arguably a, a little bit further into into pricing of the of the tightening cycle. And then on the other end, the the US inf- interest rate curve has been pricing cuts beyond sort of the middle of next year, beyond um, late next year for a relatively long period now. So um, so the, the, there's sort of been that sort of little bit of cynicism starting to be built into the bond curve for a while. Whereas if you compare that to Europe, meaningful rate hikes weren't even being priced there probably in a, until a couple of months ago. And the ECB has sort of been been e- yeah. egging that on a little bit. So there's sort of slightly different stages of the cycle. So I think that, is a, that does help explain a little bit why you've seen a, a more aggressive reaction to... Um, to the data in Europe overnight. And, I mean, we also saw some headlines out early in the session with regards to gas supplies through the Nord Stream pipeline. I mean, the the, the constraints on that yes. were have been in place for a little while, all the reduced flow from Russia. Um, the announcement last night that Germany was moving into the, the second stage or the second top stage of its uh, you know, national gas emergency plan certainly did was starting to dint um, confidence in Europe even before we started to get those mm-hmm. uh, PMI numbers out so there's been a couple of a couple of factors there which which have added up which have really sort of started to started to question how far the ECB will be able to you know, will be able to get into its tightening you know, which at the moment is more more priced than delivered yes. whereas the the yep. um, okay whereas the the Fed's obviously willing to yeah, well into the delivery
0: Yeah, well, the question is, do they need to quite so much if we're seeing these numbers cooling? So German PMIs were definitely weaker than expected. I mean, they weren't expected to be very good, but manufacturing has gone from 54.8 down to 52, services from 55 to 52.4. If we look at the euro area, those numbers uh, uh, for services from 56.1 to 52.8. I mean, if if it's cooling that much... Uh, does the ECB? I mean, certainly. You, you know, you'd, you'd have to wonder whether, for example, you know, there's been talk about a 50 basis point rise, uh, maybe less. And particularly considering, uh, you know, we see in the in the manufacturing sector, supply chain problems are easing uh, because there's a, a a falling demand for inputs and actually unsold inventory sitting in warehouses. So that shows it's actually, you know, supply chain problems might be easing. Uh, because demand is falling. So, of course, that's easing price pressures, you know, which is exactly what the ECB would want to see happen. So I wonder whether that's taking off the, the need for these uh, front-end hikes for the ECB.
1: I do, I do think that is exactly the the, the key to it, and, and that that does explain a lot of the, the price action overnight. I mean, the, the market has started to trim um, a reasonable amount out of the pricing for the next couple of ECB meetings. Um, you know, we were... Even pricing, reasonable chance of them going more than twenty five at this at this meeting next month. Even though that was sort of the, you know, the the, the promised move was <clears throat> was twenty five, but it was starting to price in a fair bit more. Um, and I think the some of the detail on the data last night, like those PMIs in general, sort of showed uh, you know industrial output at. Sort of the sort of sixteen month lows, or or even longer than that, if you sort of exclude some of that um, sort of COVID related dip early last year, and as you've said, the fact that the supply chain pressures may be easing more so from demand reduction rather than you know, sort of um, supply chain efficiency improvements is is very significant, and that's that sort of inventory build has been something that we've started to see across uh, across a lot of different economies. That was driving a lot of volatility in some US retailing stocks through the last reporting season. It was a big factor in the Australian Q1 GDP. So to the extent that, um, that, that inventory build can can ameliorate some of the inflation pressures, you're starting to guess, see a, a, a double whammy there. You've got um, a slightly improved inflation outlook from... Um, from inventory build, and then on top of that, you can also add. To more concerningly, is the is is the demand reduction that we're seeing from price increases that have already come through. So both of those are factors that are going to reduce the amount yeah. that central banks need to do. But you
0: can't fix this without. I mean, you, we we say demand de- demand destruction is is a bad thing, but you can't fix this without cutting demand. You've got to get demand and supply closer you know this is what gavin and i were talking about yesterday so you've got to have some bad news haven't you it's sort of sort of like everyone's looking for this uh this magic solution where we don't see demand for but we somehow you know push up interest rates and uh inflation goes away yes. i mean there's got to be a bit of hurt in it and that's i mean back to the united states there, there was Jerome powell uh he didn't use these words in front of the the senate committee but he did in front of the house he's used them before unconditional commitment to fight inflation these are fighting words aren't they uh you know where's you think <laughs> i don't know i look at unconditional commitment i think that everyone has i do how you have unconditional commitment to do your job don't you i mean they, and they're just doing their job but if somehow markets react to this as though you know this is the fed taking their job seriously which you'd hope they would uh but you know i think that's that that's that's the rhetoric that uh feeds the market a little bit isn't it
1: well, that the ECB does whatever it takes in terms of uh, getting inflation yeah. up, and now getting inflation <laughs> down, and I guess uh, Jerome Powell has an unconditional commitment to getting it down now as well. So everyone has their has their choice of rhetoric. Um, you know, there wasn't too much new in last night's testimony from Powell. I mean, by design, um, obviously his, his prepared remarks are going to be very similar to um, you know to, to what he gave to the other house the, the other day. Um, but I mean, I guess. Yeah, you, know, you don't often see too many too many headlines around similar rhetoric from um, from Philip Lowe, for example. Um, yeah, maybe that reflects our uh, personality, uh, but um, but certainly, you know, the the, the market, um, the the way the market sort of reacting to these sort of comments from um yeah you know, from 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 the ECB and from and from the Fed is um sort of strikes me as sort of overreading the tea leaves a little bit sometimes particularly when there's not much overall new news being out of the commentary but uh, Hey but, come on what are you telling us we've got we got goes. to
0: analyze something on this we're here every day we've got to analyze something haven't we uh, <laughs> and you know the poor guys at Bloomberg are doing it 24 hours a day but uh, I mean the one what I thought was interesting one question that was put to Jerome Powell uh, during that uh, uh, that inquiry at uh, that hearing uh, and it was reported in the Wall Street Journal this morning as well. So they're clutching at straws if we are uh, as well. Uh, they, they was asked if interest rates uh, rises do slow the economy, but they don't quickly reduce inflation, what would they do? Uh, you know, in other words, would you uh, reverse your decision? Would you take interest rates the other way? And Jerome Powell said, no, they they wouldn't cut rates uh, until they saw inflation coming down. So that's basically, that's unconditional commitment. So if it doesn't work, they're just going to keep doing it. <laughs> no, no, under the markets are nervous. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry, you don't need to comment on that. Uh, let's look at what's uh, coming out today then. So we've got the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Read. This is uh, a final read. So uh, normally these, uh, in the past, these haven't changed a great deal. Lately, of course, you know sometimes these are getting revised. If they revise the inflation expectations up from uh, from from the original. Reed, then that'll be a bit of a concern and then we get german ifo business numbers as well we get retail sales for the uk for may and uk consumer confidence as well so a few interesting numbers there and philip lowe as well talking at a and uh, not apparently using any extravagant language uh, talking at a panel in zurich uh, talking about central banks and inflation which obviously is the topic du jour uh, and he's going to tell us how he's going to fix it
1: yeah once again a day of mostly mostly survey data coming out very little in this time zone i think the you know the, the final read on the University of michigan will be interesting because that if there is a if there is any revisions there because that really was what helped contribute to the fed sort of making that very late shift to a 75 basis point move a couple of months ago um yeah we've seen a lot of a lot of survey data out of out of europe and germany already so um you yeah, how much um, sort of extra extra momentum and any more can add to that, and and, and what that can do with you know, with taking so much out of ECB pricing this week already will uh, will will remain to be seen. Um, I guess what I'll be interested to, to look at from a bond market perspective today will be the the extent to which to which this sort of rally can continue in this time zone. Um, yeah, we do have RBA Governor Lowe speaking tonight. I wouldn't necessarily expect too much new to be added relative to what he was able to offer in his extensive speech on Tuesday. And coming out of that, you know, we're still left with our firm view that the RBA will hike 50 basis points in July and again in August. Now, the market's actually moved away from pricing of that over the past few days. There's been some other other forecasts out there in the market that have, um, you know, that, that, that have have presented a bit of presented a, a bit of a softer case for, for, for rate rises. So it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, sort of how much, um, to the extent Governor Lowe can comment specifically on the Australian situation, how much that could add to markets tonight. Um, but today... Um, yeah, we've, we've seen a pretty big move in the US. We've seen a lot of Aussie rates outperformance over the past few days, as in Australian government bonds. So I'll be interested to see how how well that momentum can be maintained. I think, um, you know, part of that has been with sort of more recessionary um, recessionary theme to, to how markets are starting to trade. You know, we haven't talked about commodities at the moment, but I mean, oil was off yesterday. Oil was off again a little bit overnight. So, you know, if... Um, yeah, you know, if there's more of a global recession theme, that's starting to see Aussie rates outperform. As in, you know, Aussie rates are starting to fall faster than than US rates over over the past few days, to the extent that um, has been a little bit surprising given the amount of volatility that's in markets. So we'll be keeping an eye on that on that yeah. today as well, and seeing whether Governor Lowe can add much to that.
0: Yeah, later on tonight. Okay, very good. Uh, good to have you on again. Uh, we'll catch you again very soon, I'm sure. Uh thanks for thanks for joining us. No, worries, thanks Phil. There we are. That's Ken. I'm Phil Dobby. I'm back again on Monday morning with another edition of the Morning Call. Have a terrific weekend. See you next week.